0: Episode 65, my name is Russ Shaw, this is Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. I am your host. This is Ruth. I forget watching late night TV. Sleep. Gotta work in the morning Wish I was there next to ladder in chair Streaming, awesome band, a local band from right here in uh Pacific Northwest. Um, thanks for listening. I'm going to title this episode, Visualization. Visualize. I have so much material that I had to do like other shows. Started recording stuff and and I have that stuff still, but here's the deal. this This show really is email driven. Okay. Without your email and your email to kind of gauge where you're at, uh, you know, the show goes in, in, in the direction based on that. I want to know where your heart is. I want to know what you feel. What do you, what do you think about what I'm talking about? Uh, does it make sense to you? Um, your your gauge of stuckness, right? Like, where are you at? How stuck are you? I want to know these things. That is my. Uh, that is my plead to you. Don't shut up. Let me know how you feel. Get pissed off at me. I love that, man. I love it. I want to know your disdain. I wanna know uh, if you have problems with God, if you're mad at God. I was pissed off at God for years. I had no idea really why. So, what's your circumstances? How you feeling? How is the stuff I'm saying uh, impacting you? Have you had a chance to chew on it for a while? Have you had a chance to digest the last show, for example? Let me know. Russ at ASI247.org The last episode I talked about uh, the tubes or the pipes that uh, a listener sent in this analogy that, you know what if religion is just pipes that the spirit flows through these pipes and and that is uh and that's religion right like it doesn't matter what religion you believe in it's just um we we worship god and 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 worship goes through the pipes and and then we get to god right uh my problem with that is that it's kind of like the blind man and the elephant story covered that in the uh episode, uh, what do I do with my heart episodes? Um, basically what you're doing in that is if you're saying that the pipes or the tubes absorb worship, like they're the things that absorb the worship, that the worship flows through to God, then then the tubes are God. Basically you're saying that the tubes are God. Okay. The pipes are God. Uh, just trying to get your intellectually, philosophically, get you to understand that, that, Without the pipes, that story doesn't make sense. So, worship is something that we all do, okay? The spirit, you have a spirit. People in your life have a spirit. Everybody has a spirit. Everybody has a heart. Everybody has a soul. And they worship all day long, right? They get up in the morning and they put their hope in something. They have a certain amount of desire. I don't know if desire is the right word, Um What are you chasing? What are you looking to fulfill you? There are some Buddhist people that would say, Oh, I'm looking for nothing to fulfill me. Well, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make sense to me at all. He's going to sit in a pretzel and... I don't know. It's just... It bothers me. You you empty yourself. That's... That's crazy. I I, I would not... um, advise anybody to empty yourself Jesus tells the story of a a guy who uh, you could probably say he was an addicted guy or an addictive personality I don't know, but anyway this guy had two demons in him, right? Jesus tells the story, and he says the guy has two demons in him, and uh, he goes in and he cleans out his house and he gets rid of the two demons right? and then his house is empty I think Jesus is talking about this guy's spirit, this guy's soul. It, you know, he's he's emptied himself of the of the desire of the disease, so to speak, right? The problem is one of the demons leaves him, goes out and gets six of his buddies and comes back. So now instead of two demons in his house, now that he's emptied himself, he has seven. You know, I could do this recovery show and just not talk about the spiritual heart side of it. And and for one thing, I don't think that would, that would free you. And if it did, if it did free you from sexual addiction, my fear is that it would just hand you another demon, right? Or you would get seven more that don't seem as scary, but can still own your soul. can still block you from having a relationship with God. So the spirit that's flowing through the tubes, that's flowing through the pipes, is your worship. It's what you sacrifice for. What do you spend money on? What do you spend time on? And and those things aren't always bad, okay? They can be a a, a part of worship that's worshiping God and, and thanking him like the farmer, right like the farmer analogy where the farmer is thank if you don't understand what i'm talking about go back and listen to episode 64 and then you this will make more sense to you anyway uh the farmer analogy if, if you're worshiping god in in you know your hobbies or the things you enjoy um that's great because you're thanking god for those things but i would ask you to check with your your inner sanctum all right your family are they getting enough of you? are they are, are, are they are, do they miss you? Do they feel like you are isolated alone? you're not sharing yourself with them you're not pouring yourself out to them first And by by your inner sanctum, by your inner circle, I would say your your wife, your kids, um, your parents. How are you doing with your parents? That's one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your parents. And I'm talking to myself here, man. I'm not all up with that, all right? I got some some huge parent issues with my folks. Love my folks, but uh, let's just say there's a lot of water under the bridge. There's a lot of mourning I still am doing as a result of uh, my folks. But I still love them, and I'm still required to unconditionally love them. And uh, that's more about me than them, right? So, I just want to kind of clarify that, as far as the pipes are concerned. Getting you to realize what I mean by uh, by worship. All right, we, we, what we do is we take good things that God created, and we make them huge. We make them ultimate. We make them glory. We look for those things to glorify us. It's like Matt Chandler said in Texas, we're all looking for something to heap our praise upon. The Bible says that our spiritual act of worship is to present ourselves as living sacrifices. What are we sacrificing for? What are we laying our lives on What are we looking for to fill us? So yes, one of my drives is to love you enough to help you overcome this addiction, but also to understand that if you do, that you're still not in full control of your life. Okay, The blessing that you have as an addict is that something has taken you over and you realize you have come to the realization. Realize is a big word. I'd love to unpack that. I could do a whole show on the word realize. But here's the deal. You realize that you are not in control of your life. And the last thing I want to do is to get you to the point where you are in, you think, you think that you have, you know, since you've overcome sex addiction, that you are in control of your life because you never really are. You never really are. You will never reach this, uh, the end of the destination. You're continually on the journey. All right. I'm not some guy who's reached some destination and I'm here to show you the way to get into the mountaintop where I sit in a pretzel and have my, uh, my index finger and my thumb touching. And no, I'm not that guy. Okay. I'm a guy walking this path with you. I've stepped on more landmines than you. okay? I'm just on another path. I'm on the same path, okay. i'm I'm on a journey. And part of uh, sharing my journey with you is to share my story with you about how I was an addict and I stepped on a lot of landmines going through that addiction. okay? but I, i'm i'm out, I'm on the other side of that season of that path of that place of that valley okay I'm an ex addict I know that's going to tick off the recovery people but that's just the truth but I'm still working on my heart disease I'm still working on my heart disease and I don't know when that will ever stop I think our hearts are continually diseased the last show I did uh, it's inspired by a song by uh, U2 called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For I think that's Bono's deal you know. Bono's talking about you know, I believe it you died on the cross, you carried my shame but I still haven't found what I'm looking for and I think that ultimately we're never going to reach perfection until we're dead until we die, until we grow old, until we've we've walked the journey, right? But it's the ripple effect that we leave as we walk the journey that is uh, what's going to touch other people's lives and our wives and our kids first and then the people in our community. And we're going to fall, man. We're going to fall down. We're going to get bloodied up. You know, it's like I said on the last show. If you if you don't get on the treadmill, there's just going to be another kind of pain. It's the pain of your soul rotting. It's the pain of living every day like it's Groundhog Day. Right? I'm talking about the movie by uh, Bill Murray. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's a very great analogy to this kind of stuck. Every day seems the same. What do I do with my heart? (laughs) So, to visualize. What does that look like? Uh, Unpacking visualization. Um, The same listener who sent me the analogy about the pipes, um, and I'm not saying, you know, it's wrong. I'm not saying that he's wrong. For doing that, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, say that that's just wrong. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to unpack for you what that means, what the pipes are um, when it comes to worship, when it comes to God. There's one God. He created the whole world. Okay, and that's just that's what I believe. Well, you know, it's the truth. <laughs> so I, I've just I've been around too long. I've seen too much stuff. Um, It's like I said in the last episode, you know, Christians love to talk about uh, cleaning the nasty stains off the surface, right? You know, Christians don't get a pass on religion here because Christians can be just as guilty. I mean, it's great to talk about... um, you know, Second Timothy chapter 2, where Paul's telling Timothy, he says, uh, you know, be like a good soldier. You're going to have to endure. You're going to have to endure hardship. It's going to be painful. Um, getting your heart on the treadmill and working out your heart. I talk about that. Uh, the the biblical, uh, the Hebrew word, or Greek word, excuse me, that, that Paul referred to was gymsum, which is where we get our word gymnasium. You know, working out your heart. And I think that's important through discipline but if we don't understand how 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 does Paul start the first um, start out second Timothy chapter 2 you then my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus all right second Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus if we don't understand that without him we're we're not going to be able to do it right I love that old hymn. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What takes away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I I can't do it on my own. So I lean into his grace. There's strength in his grace. There's strength in his love. So we we understand that first. It's like uh, I was talking to a guy who bought an hd tv lcd hd tv right big you know big screen high def awesome picture he had a light bulb go out in it right like red went out in the prism of light and that uh stellar high quality picture was was just messed up bad right like what the heck is that weird looking everybody's green you know and that's kind of what the church does when they don't bring grace, the grace of Jesus Christ into perspective, that that Jesus died for our sins. I mean, that is just so incredibly critical, that we worship Jesus, you know, overstating the obvious, I know. People put crosses around their necks and crosses on the church, and but we don't bring that into perspective, understanding God's love for us in the grace of Christ. Christ, that you can't out-sin God. You can't do anything that that will make God hate you. That's just not how it works. That's why Jesus came to set us free and to set the religious people free too of their dogmatic um, works-based pharisaical thinking. And I'm not just talking about Christians here. Every religion out there has a workspace deal to it. Muslims believe that you have a a scale, right? And you have a demon sitting on one shoulder and an angel on the other. And, you know, they're both writing down everything you do. They write down everything you do. And if your scales don't come out right, you go to hell. And even if your scales do come out right, you can still go to hell. I mean, it's just not, this is not grace, I, I, my scales would be gone. I'd have given up by now if I had to do a scales. When I was looking at Christianity in this purely religious works-based form, I did give up. Okay, I'm two and a half years free from sexual addiction because I understand grace. Well, if you just understand grace, and just means you get to sin. No. you understand love, you don't want to offend the person that set you free, Right. If I, uh, if I got stranded out in the desert and I was about to die and I didn't have any water and somebody came and picked me up and gave me water and took me out of the desert, I'm not going to get out of their car and key it, you know? I'm not going to get out of their car and, and break a window. And that's what, that's what obedience is, right? So understanding that love that He has for us. And we, we return that, that love with our own love for God and for others and the, and the ripple effect that that leaves right so if we're only viewing the world through one color of the prism it's even worse and and the, the pipe story is is what I want you to understand is Jesus a God in human form came to bust apart the pipes to dismantle religion as a something that's over there kind of a thing instead of something that's part of the you know God's creation part of the prism our place here, the, the reason we're born into this time in history, all that, you know, it, it go, it's deeper than just religion. Jesus came to break apart, to bust apart, and to dismantle religion. So anyway, I'm not trying to say that he's wrong. I'm just trying to uh, get a little deeper than simply the uh, pipe story. He also sent uh, an email about prayer and the mantra okay a mantra is a prayer or a mantra I don't know it is a prayer that uh, repeated back um, kind of repeating the same prayer over and over again almost like a chant but not quite um, I, I think that that's a that's a great way to pray Especially if you're visualizing in your mind the outcome. For example, there's a scripture that Paul says, uh, whatever you do, you know, you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. This is part of our act of worship. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King said, you know, if you're, you're a garbage man, if you're sweeping streets, if you're washing dishes, do it to the glory of God. Do it for the glory of God. Now, statistically, most of you, um, porn addicts, for example, are looking at porn at work. About seventy percent of you, um, when you get to alone, right? If you're alone in your office, or you're alone at home, and your wife and your kids are out of, out of the house, or if you know they're leaving the key is to is to find out when your trigger of opportunity starts to hit when you feel that monster start to come up behind you to, to drag you to the uh the numbing um, agent once again um, it, it's learning those times for example if you're at work pray out that scripture you know Oh, I'm going to get some things accomplished today. I'm going to be productive today. I'm going to glorify God with my work today. And shift your mind in your head. If you have to repeat that a bunch of times, that's great, but the the goal is to make a shift in your mind in the direction of your motivation. You see what I'm saying? Because it's, it's pulling you. This thing, you've created a habit in your mind. The process of brain chemistry, that's in your head, like a spider web that's turned into a cable. Um, it's, it's getting back to changing those, those motivations in in your, in your mind and changing them in your heart because your heart is your motivator and it's, it's deep, man. It's deep. So I talked about learning the, uh, learning where the voices come from. Like the listener who said that God is this disappointed father who's you know shaking his head and looking at him in disappointment as he's laying there bloodied up with his bike all smashed in a pretzel. God is not that guy all right that's another whole layer to finding out how deep that that voice is that speaks to you. but God is not that guy but that guy does exist and you need to find out who he is. You need to find out who he is in your head. Well he's the devil okay he's the devil all right well who, who, what does that mean? Because the devil uses other people too, all right? He uses other people. That's why it's so important, the voices that we listen to. Because the ripple effects we're gonna leave, it's like, you know, Bob Dylan said, you're gonna serve somebody. It may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you're gonna serve somebody. I'm sure the devil's used me a bunch of times. So you're going to say the devil made me do it, or the devil's speaking to me, or the devil put this in my head. Well, that's great, but be more specific. Who did the devil use? Some kind of wacko doctrine? Okay, if you're going to a church and the pastor's up there pounding his fist on the pulpit and saying, this person's going to hell and that person's going to hell, well, you know, that's kind of that fire and brimstone sort of preaching that has no room for grace. That may be it. You know, you hear that enough, you think God's this guy he's gonna beat the crap out of you, or he just wants you to burn in hell and he sees he has pleasure in seeing evil, sinful liars like yourself burn. For me it was I have all these lustful thoughts in my head, you know, being addicted to porn, being sexually addicted, you know, being an adulterer. And the pastor's up there saying that uh, all the adulterers are going straight to hell. Well, that's a problem for me because that's that's me. I'm an adulterer, right? That's where I was. What, Jesus loves you. If you you know once you get saved, then Jesus comes into your heart and you're clean. Did you learn that from somebody? Like if you get the Holy Spirit, you won't even want to do sin anymore. Okay, that's not true. That's just not true. If anything, the Holy Spirit enters your heart and kind of pushes that stuff to the surface, you know, and God's asking you to deal with it. You know, the pain, the pain of of getting our knees scraped up, the pain of uh, what feels like God, you know, hurting us, or, you know, if it feels like that, if it feels like God's this disappointed Father who's watching you hurting and not doing anything, that's really not it what God is doing. God is the surgeon and he's pushing on the pain in your life to say, hey, something deeper in here you need to deal with. There may be a cancer in there you have to remove. And that cancer is that voice of that guy shaking his head in disappointment, watching you smash your bike off, you know, into the the ditch or, or wherever, watching you hurt all right, God's not standing there, you know, shaking his head, doing nothing. He's asking you to deal with the pain. I heard a story of a guy, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, i try and give you new insight to this story as well. This guy is... Uh, He's standing on the sidelines and he, he accidentally gets tackled. He's like a cameraman and he's for the NFL and and one of these guys is you know he's trying to trying to dodge a you know trying to catch an interception or something like that. Ends up slamming into the cameraman. Well, the cameraman gets knocked on his butt and kind of gets hurt, shaken up a little bit. And he's you know he's hurt, but he's okay. He gets up and in the. The people that owned i think this was in seattle here and the people that owned safeco field said listen dude you need a cat scan we're just going to check you just in case because our insurance says we need to and the guy's like uh, he's kind of reluctant but he's like okay you know if you have to go ahead i don't think there's a big problem but you might as well so as a result of this guy's pain this guy getting knocked off his butt onto the grass they go in they do this cat scan they find a brain tumor Okay, and it was, it was at the point where they could operate. Like, if he had would have gone another three or four weeks, it could have been terminal. But it was caught just in time. Now, if this man had not had the pain of having this, uh, you know, 300-pound receiver slam into him full force, knocking him on his butt breaking some of his equipment, probably. If he had not had that pain happen to him, he might have died. Died of a brain tumor a year later. So, you see what I'm trying to articulate here? That God's not, you know, shaking his head, watching you bleed and taking pleasure in that. Okay, Your, your life, your future is empty pages. And maybe I'm here to tell you that uh, you can change the future. That your future could be a lot darker and a lot bleaker if you don't do anything about it. It This thing will control you. This thing will get in your spirit. It will get in your heart. I want you to visualize yourself being clean and what that looks like. Take some time to think Figure out what's important to you Stop, take some time to think Figure out what's important to you Stop, take some time to think Figure out what's important to you You Gotta make a serious decision That band is called Against Me And the song was called Stop Love that song Kind of illustrates impulse control how can visualization help with impulse control? Well, I'll tell you how. One of the things I've talked about this earlier in the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, expose you to it again. New insight on this as well comes from the Bible. Comes from a passage by uh, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, talking about taking every thought captive. What does that mean? Um, basically in the, uh, the passage where Paul is talking about the full armor of God, putting on the full armor of God, which totally frustrated me as a guy struggling with sexual addiction and having pastors talk about that, not understanding it. Like what? You know, I'm, I'm still struggling here. Uh, let me unpack for you taking every thought captive. Uh, the apostle Paul talks about fiery arrows that are being fired at us from the outside. All right. From the, from the enemy, we do not fight against flesh and blood. Okay. You know, and that's another thing. People criticize me for playing rock and roll. I played Ozzy. I played, you know, stuff like that. Kurt Cobain. I played, I mean, ACDC. I had a guy said, you know, when, when Angus Young closes his eyes and plays a you know plays his guitar he says that the music just takes over well all right here's the deal yeah angus is 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 a guitar player right he had to learn how to do that he had to do that but maybe it does take over he's in a state of worship at that moment he's worshiping satan here's the deal um angus young ozzy Osbourne, kurt cobain are all image bearers of god okay they're not the enemy They are the battlefield. Do you understand, Christians? Okay? Please, if you're going to do guilt by association with me, you need to understand Jesus, because he was the same way. People did guilt by association with Jesus. Pharisees would point at him, and, oh yeah, he drives out demons by the devil, by Beelzebub, right? If there wasn't anybody who was guilt by association it was Christ you know what You know what Ozzy did and, and you see this documentary about Black Sabbath and they all gave their souls to Satan and all this stuff you know here's the deal Ozzy he doesn't know what he's doing I, I'm, I'm sure I don't know what I don't even know if that's true okay there's a thing that Christian Wright brought out this video and said that the ACDC meant acid Christ devil's child alright that's not true Side documentary. All these guys are sitting around and they're starting this band. And Grandma was even into it and making these little uh, kind of private school bad boy private school outfits, you know. For Ang- that's what Angus wears every time he goes on stage. His grandma started that. And they're sitting there and, and on his grandma's sewing machines this big icon AC t- with a lightning bolt and DC. Okay, it's it's a it's, an, it's a it's it's accelerated current and direct current okay that's what it means there wasn't some sinister devil worship thing going on okay all this stuff whether you if you're going to sit there and discern the hearts of people without understanding you're kind of taking the place of God there I remember on the last episode I talked about uh, discerning the heart the, the king, the farmer and the nobleman we really don't know But here's the deal. Christ, every time he got... I mean, he gets in this this argument with the Pharisees and he says, listen, the whole law hangs on these two things. Love God, love people. All right? Stuff isn't going to heaven. Just people are. Rock and roll music isn't going to heaven. It's a genre of music. People are going to heaven. Ozzy, Angus... They're not the enemy, they're the battlefield, okay? I will use the music that has truth in it because all truth is ours. The Apostle Paul said that in Corinthians as well. Truth is ours. So, don't get me started with the uh, guilt by association. Purity of heart comes from what your motivations are. I mean, you talk about genre music, right? There's some gospel tracks that are just wrong, all right? There's some Christian tunes that you should just delete. There's a Christian song out there that says, you know, God doesn't have time for the hopeless sinner. Okay, if that's the case, then we're all going to hell. (laughs) Right? I mean, there's jacked up theology and music. Country, rock and roll... And gospel, I mean, you, you you may have to turn your ears off to that. You may have to put a filtering system on your computer. You may have to get rid of your computer altogether for a season. While you continue to heal, while you continue to grow. All right, it doesn't get injected in your veins like a needle, like somebody runs up and puts a needle in your arm. and No, that's not how it works. All right, read, read Mark 7. It doesn't get... On you from the outside, right? You don't shove it in from the outside. It starts in the inside and works out, okay? So people can't shove sin into you from the outside. Your heart grabs a hold of it in a uh, jacked up form of worship. That's how it works. No one can force feed you evil. We choose it, okay? those are the words of Christ what makes you unclean comes from inside you and flows out that's what I've been trying to articulate is to get you to clean out your soul clean out your heart it doesn't get on you like a disease from the outside your addiction is a symptom of a deeper disease that's the truth So you may be asking yourself, what does this have to do with impulse control? Um, Because you're maybe saying, well, if... if, uh if sin is is not injected to me from the outside, then what's wrong with with uh, looking at naked pictures, right? Well, naked pictures can't can't be uh, tossed into my brain from the outside, right? You know, you start to justify it, and that that justification is exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to impulse control, because basically, you have to be honest about um, what is sin to you. For example, um, ACDC. Uh, there's some ACDC tunes that are very sexually suggestive, very provocative. Do I, am I offended by them? Yes, absolutely I'm offended by them. Um, Kid Rock. Kid Rock is one of my, my favorite artists but I'll tell you what, he wrote a song called uh, Rock and Roll Jesus. I, I'm incredibly offended by that song. Do I hate Kid Rock? No. Why? Because we do not have war against flesh and blood. We have wars against uh, spiritual forces, against the ideas that got in Kid Rock's head to, to think it's okay to write a song like that. I think the reason, big part of it, is is the Christian subculture. But that's a whole nother thing. Um, impulse control is being able to take responsibility for my own sin. Heard uh, this pastor talking about missions and uh, the Amazon. The Amazon... Um, River, talking about doing missions there, and people run around naked there. Alright, that's part of their culture. There's not a lot of... There's a whole lot of nudity and not a lot of lust issues, surprisingly enough. So why is that? Because it's not in their hearts to do that. They, they've been trained differently. They've had a different kind of cultural upbringing. Sex is... Uh, you know sex is is looked at differently in their culture than it is here and as a result people walking around naked all over the place and not a lot of lust issues my point is i sin right like it's not that thing's fault it's not porn's fault you're addicted to porn now the porn industry is, is huge and sure they, they do a lot of horrible things, getting that stuff in the eyes of children, for example, is horrible, all right? We don't expose children to that kind of thing. That's, that's devastating to their soul because kids don't have that kind of filter yet to be able to filter out what's evil and what's good. They're still learning. So some of those images can get burned into their mind. I heard a psychologist say that a, a kid looking at porn is, is very close to childhood sexual abuse. Like if a kid has been exposed to hardcore pornography, you know, in the younger stages, in, in the preteen years, that is, is very close to the same damage emotionally that uh, sexual abuse is so so hear me out whether you were exposed to that as a kid I don't know I don't know what it is but I, what I do know it is is it's sin I heard a scary statistic that said that uh, 20 23 percent of Christians don't think that looking at pornography is sin it's like what <laughs> Jesus said if you look at a woman with lust in your heart you've committed adultery you know, I mean, where does that compute? I just don't understand. If you, all right, if you're a Christian, we don't look at porn. That's sin. It's it's sin. The Apostle Paul says, not even an ounce of of you know sexual immorality. Not even a not even a little bit. We don't get our hearts involved in, in pornography, in sexual immorality. Your viewing of it, You're feeding off of the. Uh... The women in those videos like a vampire continuing to feed okay I, I know the addiction I, I've been there I've been stuck I know how it works your fear is that you're gonna delete the porn and then two weeks from now you're gonna be right back to it I know I've been there but choosing to heal is what I'm talking about we choose sin or we choose to heal we're going to choose the great physician, or we're going to choose our comfortable disease. So, if you're a Christian, porn is sin, okay? Turn off this audio program right now. Go delete all your porn. Alright, if, if you're a Christian, delete it. Throw out the DVDs, throw out the tapes. So, hear me out. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to get you to follow your heart, because if you're listening to a podcast called Attitudes of Sexual Integrity by a scruffy Christian guy who was an addict for a long time, got free, follow your heart, okay? You have a repentant heart, or you wouldn't be hearing me right now. Sin is an infection, okay? Sin is the disease. Why do we choose it? You know i talk about in this show unpacking your heart because you probably learned somewhere along the way that two point plus two is five emotionally speaking that it's okay to sin it's not okay to sin it's not the bible goes over that the passage in corinthians take every thought captive to the obedience of christ you know something funny about that if you google that passage you're going to get two schools of thought. You're going to get a bunch of atheist um, wingnuts who are out there saying that Christians are the thought police, and they're trying to trying to control everything that everybody in America thinks. Well, how's that working, for, for one thing? It's, it's not true. Um, then you'll get a bunch of wingnut Christians who are out there pointing fingers at culture saying that, you know, this is bad, and that's bad, and this is evil, and that's evil. But what that passage is for is for you behind your eyes. Behind your eyes. If there's anything I can get you to understand is that you can trust Jesus. You may not be able to trust Jesus because of uh, learning that two plus two is five. You may look at Jesus as the bad guy. All right? Big chunks of culture look at Jesus as the bad guy. Why? Because of probably wing nut televangelist. Okay, so, well, I'm sorry. I went off on a little rant there, but uh, if anything ticks me off more, it's the uh, finger-pointing guilt by association. Russ played Ozzy Osbourne on his show, and you know what Ozzy said back in 1974? Well, listen... Okay, I don't know what Ozzy said in 74, and I don't agree with everything Ozzy says, right? Let me put your heart to rest there. I don't agree with everything Ozzy Osbourne says, or Kid Rock, or, or Kurt Cobain, or anybody else I've ever played on the show. It's just music. Relax. So one of the biggest realizations that you need to understand, and is a, is a, is a brick to start building your future on, is impulse control, okay? Impulse control means that you stop blaming culture, that woman whose top is cut too short, okay? Whatever it is, I mean, there's religions that have their women covered in in cloth all over because they believe that men have no impulse control, right? Like if a guy ends up in bed with a woman, it's because she didn't cover her hair. That's ridiculous. Okay, I take responsibility for my sin. You may have to stop going to that espresso stand. Right? You know the one with the woman with her top, you know, always cleavage hanging out. Okay, and stop blaming her for your sin, alright? She's an image bearer of God, she's a child of God. She just learned that 2 plus 2 was 5 somewhere along the way. She's the battlefield, okay? She's not evil Jezebel seductress. Maybe she is, but underneath that she's a her, she has a heart of a little girl who's been wounded, who doesn't understand, who's offering herself up. You don't have to feed on her. You start sinning when you do that, and it's not her fault, okay? And you have to take responsibility for what you see and you what you let past your eye gate, what you let past your ear gate. What you let past your thought gate. And here's the deal. God's not some cosmic killjoy. He's not after your begrudging submission. He wants you to realize that he's after your joy. That, that obedience to Christ means life for you. Pure life. Desires that are pure. That aren't going to destroy you. That aren't going to set your house aflame once you build it. We have to be honest about what we're letting past our gate and what it's doing to us. All right? Paul says that yeah, you're free in Christ, but what you you have to be honest about what's good for you and what isn't. If it's not good for you, then stop. But you need to understand the motivations of your heart. Don't lock yourself in some, you know, commune somewhere. If Christians continue to do that, then we lose the culture. That's what's happening that's why we live in a postmodern society what what does postmodern mean after Christianity Christianity and the judeo-christian system no longer have a moral um, they're no longer the moral compass in the United States it's just kind of like whatever you want that's what postmodern means I had to have that explained to me because I always thought it was kind of like a like an oxymoron. Post meaning after and modern meaning now. That doesn't make sense. It's like jumbo shrimp. No. it Postmodern means after Christian culture. After Judeo-Christian morality has left the culture. The reason we got here is because Christians got into a you know, their own ghetto, and I've talked about that a ton of times. I'm not gonna go into that. But that's part of impulse control. That we live amongst the people. Let's crack open, you know, Jeremiah 29. God says you're gonna live in exile. King Nebuchadnezzar, the whole matrix analogy. If it wasn't for those beer commercials, I wouldn't be a sex addict. No. Come on, get honest. Now, the fiery darts, and that's one thing I want you to visualize, when you see that stuff and it starts to get through your, your ear gate, when you start to feel your sexual motor running, you decide what to do about it. You snuff it out right there. I want you to visualize like the, the flames burning in the carpet and starting to spread. You run up and you stomp it out. Don't say, oh, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't, you know. No. When that song starts to play and starts to condemn your heart, starts to make you feel like you're going to hell again and that God hates you and he's disappointed in you, turn it off. God loves you. You're listening to this show because you're after repentance or you wouldn't even download this show. Okay? I'm going to talk about this in a little more depth in my book. I'm actually looking to uh get some more theological uh people with more theological experience than I do to help me out with this. But I think it's very very important to understand this scapegoat kind of idolatry. Because if we don't, we are um we're doomed to repeat the the problems of the past how did we get here in the the sexual culture that we're in, right? And that's part of the... It's part of the postmodern culture that we're in because I think most of the culture looks at us, Christians, as a bunch of um, sexually repressed, you know, we're all angry because we haven't had an orgasm in a while, so we're pointing the fingers at the, you know... The homosexuals and the Democrats, you know, that kind of thing. They, the, the culture looks at us as like Ned Flanders, right? Sexually repressed neatniks. And you might be saying, well, why do you care what the culture thinks, Russ? Because we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be salt and light. And and the part, the point of a purity, real heart purity, is not blaming YouTube, okay? We want to blame MySpace and YouTube and and make those things idols to to our sin. Like it's it's YouTube's fault. You know, I wanted to do some video stuff and I wanted to you know use YouTube, but then I have to worry about um, your temptation to type something dirty in the search box on YouTube, right? I'm going to put some stuff on YouTube, but at the same time I have to put a big disclosure box up saying, listen, you have to be honest with your own heart to uh, with yourself to be whether you should be on YouTube or not. Search your heart. Do you have enough self-discipline to watch some videos on YouTube that are not of a sexual nature? Do you sometimes start watching some funny clips that somebody might email you or something like that and end up on porn? You have to be honest. So if you if you don't have the the self discipline, the self control to look at YouTube then don't. But don't stay camped there. Search your heart and find out why. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Cuz we as Christians as salt and light, Jesus says as I sent the as the Father sent me, I send you. That doesn't mean we get to be locked in a box under some plexiglass. Not making any kind of impact on the culture. Right? It's very critical. That's why we're in a postmodern world, like I said before. Anyway, here's a bumper from a tune. I'm going to end with this. This band is called Jonah 33. My name is Russ Shaw. My email address is russ at ASI247.org. Remember, life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to it. The blood of the people in your neighborhood, in your culture, is on you. That's part of your recovery. Understanding that we're supposed to make an impact that like getting our head around our own theology and the way we think and our own desires, when we understand them, we can talk about it. Until next time, bye. Your pain is by your decay It's like acid drip. It's not mine.